Remember when UPI was launched, SBI and HDFC did not launch UPI mm. in August 2016. A normal RBI would have succumbed to their biggest bank's request to kill UPI. So you needed an RBI governor who was willing to stick his neck out. Yeah. So our view is that change in India happens when you stumble into policymakers like this and they deserve the glory. All our neighbors have mobile operators, but all of them are supplied by Huawei, Ericsson, Nokia and Samsung, yeah. right? Why shouldn't the Indian company be missing from this list? 40% of our unicorns are technically yeah. not Indian at all, yeah. right? They are Singaporean <laughs> or American. Tomorrow when they make money, then money will benefit yeah. Singaporean society, the US society. If you don't go through three valleys of death, you are not doing you know, teen to lagenge lagenge. So then we show them the UPI chart because UPI for somebody to imagine that it went through three valleys of death is very difficult. If you go back 10 years, let's say IIT Bombay because yeah. that used to send lots of people. They would go roughly 80% of the people would go abroad. Yeah. Now 80% of people choose to stay here. Yeah. Hi, this is Siddharth Aluwalia and welcome to The Neon Show. This episode's guest is a powerhouse in Indian startup ecosystem. 15 years ago, he was the CEO of Yahoo India R&D. Today, he is co-founder of the company that has played a key role in building India stack, which includes UPI, DigiLocker and EKYC. It's my pleasure to welcome iSpirits Sharad Sharma on The Neon Show. I would also like to thank the sponsors Prime Venture Partners for sponsoring The Neon Show. Hope you enjoy it. Sir, I would love to start with your childhood. Like, what did it look like, and where did you grow up, and how much that the city that you grew up in shaped you, changed you in your present day? So, my father is an anthropologist, and uh, he used to be working in what is now Arunachal Pradesh. It used to be called Nifa. So, when I was born, I was about to be born in 1964. I think my parents said, "No, no, we must have our child grow up in a big city." So he moved to Delhi and joined planning commission and he was there the rest of his life. So my childhood was in Delhi. I grew up in a, uh, in a colony called Arkepuram. I went to school, DPS Arkepuram and Most then famous school. it wasn't that famous then. Uh, uh, as I like to tell that story, we were the fourth batch and, uh, and I think our, ba- the first few batches started doing very well and then they turned that into a, franchise machine right uh, so uh, so then after that i did my engineering from delhi college of engineering and then i've been working so uh, so i had a happy childhood i have a sister who is three years younger than me and you were always in government quarters i was always in government because i had a very middle class upbringing but a very happy uh, upbringing uh, very simple. People uh, around you like yourself, right? There is no. They were, in uh, fact, my parents, inequality. my friends, all this was. Ke, look, all that we can give you is education. Right? This was the 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 approach that was there. And then, obviously, amongst your cousins and amongst the neighbors, you know, there would be some children who are doing well. Then they would be highlighted as role models. So, a two-year-older friend of mine. His name was, uh, his name is, uh, uh, Sham. And, uh, so Sham was cited as a role model. And, uh, why can't you be like Sham? Why can't you be like this? Or a DCN. Sham was an IITN or a DCN? He ended up going to IIT. Okay. So I have a story about that too. So I have very high myopia. 
and uh, most of my family was in government service civil service you know except for my chacha who was an engineer everybody else was a non engineer and uh, so i'm i finished my schooling in 1982 in 1980s there was a medical test for all professional courses including engineering and uh, the the standard for that was that if you are minus 8 and above in your eyes uh then you were medically unfit and very early on i was above minus 8 in both my eyes so i was technically not competent to go for to the engineering college and my chacha who passed away very recently had a very important role to play um uh, because he encouraged me he says look you want to be that you will find a way there will be something that will appear so then eventually it became clear that there were two engineering colleges at that time that were rumored not to do any medical test <laughs> and that was rudki and delhi college of engineering so my zero in thing was ke bhai isme to kam se kam ghusna hai so i of course i was keen to be an engineer because i liked tinkering i used to build things and i it was like that was my way of that was something i enjoyed the mode of expression that was my mode of expression and so i wanted to become an engineer and so i was keen so therefore that happened but there was no clarity remember this is well before mobile phone internet so there was no clarity whether this rumor is true or not and the thinking was if you go and ask them that is only inviting trouble yeah. <laughs> so so my at that time i decided that either i'll do engineering or i will study philosophy so as a backup maybe i'll get kicked out from college because they'll do a medical test and find a medically unfit so just to avoid wasting a year i also signed up for philosophy honors in hindu college okay. and people were very surprised because people with good marks would not yeah. go for philosophy but that is how my my thing and that has actually helped me because i've always had interest in philosophy and i think technology and philosophy are coming together uh, so it is something the, the uh, best technology leaders uh, have seen, have made technology happen at marriage of technology and philosophy and like if you Steve see Jobs. some of uh, yeah and see some of even in india that is true also for the west but even in india i think some of the entrepreneurs are philosopher ceos uh, you know some we know because uh, like shridhar vembu he goes to first principles thinks philosophically uh, we don't appreciate the other person so much but he has had a very very important role to play in our software product ecosystem his name is bharat goinka and that is tally there was no tally and had tally not shown and proven to all of us that you can do a software product for india and make money doing it and be very ethical in doing it i mean they have done it very very well uh, we wouldn't have had the confidence to move forward and currently the person that we have who is very quiet you should invite him for a podcast i'll help you get him is vimal kumar of jaspe you know he's a truly a philosopher ceo and uh, thinks deeply about things you know not visible outside uh, i i think the only ceo i know who sometimes sends memos as poems uh, so <laughs> so i think you know philosopher ceo this is the era of philosopher ceos uh, also and of course because of ai you know technology must must have a soul must have values and that means you need to integrate you know people uh, who do engineering with also philosophy so these are of course convergences that are taking place as we speak and you later built i spirit on which avinash 
and Vijay gives credit that if Ice Spirit was not there, they wouldn't have been on this journey or whatever they are today on. But no, yes and no. But I think the more important thing, like look, Ice Spirit is an unfinished journey because Ice Spirit is really about making India a product nation, right? And what is a product nation? A uh, product nation is that look, all our neighbors have. Um, mobile operator right in fact every country has a mobile or there are hundreds of mobile operators but all of them are supplied by by hens who are way ericsson nokia and samsung right now that's a circle of four why shouldn't the indian company be missing from this list right so why can't india be in that circle of four or five same is the case with almost anything that you can imagine right you you take uh, the the case of uh uh you know the fact that we are talking about airlines every country has an airline but they all buy it from three places only you know boeing airbus and embraer right so what will it take for india to be in that circle of three how to make that four now these are very hard problems uh, to solve because the innovation ecosystem for a boeing and an airbus is fundamentally different from an innovation ecosystem of a vistara and indigo right and no matter how good jio becomes or how good airtel becomes they won't become a juniper or a cisco or a or a uh, or a nokia or a ericsson because they are fundamentally different dnas for innovation the nature of innovation is very different so in india because of the 72 uh, because of the 1992 uh, uh, economic change that took place i think we've learned how to build very successful services companies so we have very good it services companies you know there is of course tcs infosys wipro many others um, we've built very successful uh, airlines we've built you know hospitals we've built uh, mobile operators and more but in each of these cases the value capture is somewhere else uh, so for example you know, Microsoft, of course, the profits are through the roof, but the low profit year for them was 2013. But even in that low profit year, they made more profits than the top 20 IT services companies of the world put together. Now, don't even talk about it now, right? It's not even comparable. Uh, Cisco is having a bad profit year. And yet Cisco makes more profit than the top five European mobile operators, which includes Vodafone, Telefonica and others. I could go on and on. You know, Airbus and Boeing make more money than all the airlines put together. So in our mindset, what we have to do is to say, can we give India another innings? And in that innings, can we create these product companies that would actually be in that circle of five in their own area? Now, obviously, this is possible. How do we know this is possible? Because you've done it in space, right? We did that with COVID vaccine, for example. Uh, you know, India Stack has helped people uh, think of platforms in a way that was not possible earlier. So if you apply our mind to it, then we can do it. But this innovation ecosystem is fundamentally different from the services ecosystem that we have. Uh, and this is something that is beginning to now be understood. Um, and uh, part of the reason is G20. Part of the reason is China. Um, you know, why G20? Because if you look at G20 alone, um, you know, there is France in G20, but the Spain is not in G20. 
right? Now you say, why Spain is a big economy? It's about the same size as France. So why would they have one and not the other? But think of it deeply. What do we buy from France? We buy an Airbus, we buy a Rafale, we buy nuclear power plants, we buy submarines. What do we buy from Spain? Olive. <laughs> Olive oil, right? Absolutely. So then, so same is the case between Thailand and Korea, yeah. right? You can't name a single product brand from Thailand, uh, but Korea, of course, you can. But in 1974, Thailand per capita income was higher than Korea. It was in 1974 that Korea decided and said, Yar, ye I, I can do better. And I can do better ended up meaning building a, a part of the economy that they had not focused on earlier. And by building that part of the economy, the circle of five kind of uh, product economy, they are now 5.6 times the per capita income of Thailand. So the question for India is, will we become a Thailand? I think we are on that path now, right? But the question is, can we become a Korea? Can we become a, a France? Can we become an Israel? That means cross over the middle income trap, as they call it. The answer is we have to aspire to do that. And to aspire, if we aspire for it, we'll be able to do it. It will still take us 15, 20 years to do it. We'll already, you know, iSpirit work has been there since 2009, although iSpirit was formed as a legal entity in 2013. But as a group of volunteers, we've been around since 2009. And so it's already been kind of 14 years. But right from the beginning, we said it is a 30-year journey and we have 14, 15 years more to go. But I think we can get there. And why do we need to get there? Why is it important whether we get there or not? Because it appears, it appears, we're not sure, it may not happen, but it appears that China is making this pivot. China is walking away from job work and actually wanting to sell products. You can see that in EVs and cars. You can see that in cell therapy, gene therapy. Uh, you can see that in AI. You know, this is the pivot that they're making. They're going through a bad patch now. Some people say this bad patch is only an adjustment from one type of economy to other. Something that, you know, the, the, irritates many of us is that you can even see that here in Bangalore. It's in front of our eyes, but we choose not to see. So Bangalore is known for garment export, right? There are lots of garment exporters here. Now, if you go back 12 years ago and you looked at which industrial sewing machines they were buying, they were buying German and Japanese. Today, 82% of the industrial sewing machines that we import are Chinese. So, and industrial sewing machines are not easy machines. They need precision parts. They're programmable, right? And so they're complex machines. There is, frankly, China will make more money from our garment exports than we will make ourselves. Because the real money is not in the job work that you do. The real money is in the damn machines. And for them to have created an ecosystem that steals share away from Germany and Japan is not easy. But they've done it. You know, the, the joke is that, it's, it's a sad joke, but nevertheless, that Israel and, and, and Switzerland and their companies make more money from a diamond cutting and exports than Surat makes itself. Because we get low value added uh, work, 
but it happens on complex machines. All those machines are from those places. So the question is, will we go back into the ecosystem to build that stuff? And, and, and the only way that is possible is that if our startups embrace this idea and for the startups to embrace this idea, it is important that they embrace a new way of innovating. For the new way of innovating, there has to be some jugalbandi between either public research or public infrastructure and private innovation. So this has been the journey for a long time. And that journey became crystallized, not because of the garment stuff. It's because of our SaaS industry. Because, and you can see this, the amount of money our SaaS companies make, the same amount of money our cloud infrastructure providers will make. Right? Yeah, and, they're they starting to squeeze, and they're starting to squeeze. Because, you know, they know they can squeeze it. So their share of the profit pool will go up. The share of the person who actually has made the business application and put it on, on uh, and made it available to others will shrink. So this is an economic model that we have to understand and then operate in the part of the economic model that matters to us in a big way. We talked about how value capture is happening by China, by Israel, because they are building the core components of where the value is getting captured. And these are, uh, to summarize, machines which are complex in nature. And China is doing with, away with job work because they don't want their people to be in factories for 12 to 14 hours a day. And India is happy to, to take that away. Yes. Although I would say to be for both China and India, we need both. We need the job work because that provides jobs. And we need the deeper part, the product part of it because that provides wealth. Because if you only do the job work part, the Thailand or Spain equivalent, the Thailand equivalent, then you'll only hit a middle income yeah. kind of a part. You can't go beyond that. And as you know, very few countries have managed to become wealthy countries, uh, you know, developed countries, because they were able to overcome the middle income trap. The middle income trap overcoming requires you to be in part of the profit pool, you part of the ecosystem where there's a profit pool. And you have to create valuable companies to be able to do that. And, uh, and that requires, those companies don't happen by, by happenstance. You know, for example, you know, space transportation. You know, if you go back to 2008 when SpaceX was struggling and you said, look, let's fast forward 15 years, right, uh, from there. And, uh, and the winner of the space transportation thing will be this piddly little startup. Most people would have said, nay, nay, you know, it'll be Boeing, it'll be Lockheed Martin, it'll be somebody else. See, look, the market picks the winners. And the mindset is that it should be the Davids that should win that market. That's how the value and the wealth get created. So, so therefore, that we can't predict who the winners will be. But we have to create ecosystems where enough companies are going after that area, the valuable area, so that at least one of them can be a winner. Uh, if not more uh, as we go forward. Coming back to your David versus Goliath story. So Elon Musk has always positioned himself as a David. Absolutely. Be it Tesla, Absolutely. be it, uh, you know, SpaceX. Your comes when you actually put it as this. So in our iSpirit stuff, uh, you know, we are always the underdogs. In fact, two conditions that you need to meet with, and the other one you hinted at already. Second is you have to do contrarian stuff based on first principles. Because whatever is the general consensus is usually wrong. Yeah. 
right or it's shallow it's not even if it's not wrong so you have the you must have the ability to say that our way of thinking this of this problem is different ours and therefore you frame the problem differently you frame the solution differently that's number one second is you must see yourself as an underdog because if you don't see yourself as a underdog then you the first time the wind comes and defeats you and makes you fall down then you would fall down right i mean we tell our new volunteers the story that if you don't go through three valleys of death means you are not doing you know teen to lagenge lagenge so so then we show them the upi chart because upi for somebody to imagine that it went through three valleys of death is very difficult no so when you show them that chart journey line actually this concept of a journey line comes from tyagrajan okay. you know now in upekha and we would make we make this journey line for almost anything that we do even if we were doing an event we would say what's the journey line what were the low points what were the high points because the difference between success and failure is how do you deal with those low points and how you deal with your low points is a function of your mindset and if you have not put yourself in a mindset of an underdog then to you can't put it at that yeah. point in time you have to be in that concept of a mindset of a underdog right all the way through so when things are going well with you you don't get carried away when things are not going well you want to pick yourself up and move forward so i think all the players and i think there are two types of players there are either startups that want to ding the universe they have to be underdog mindset and i think what in some sense what is happening in india originally with ice spirit now hopefully there'll be 30 ice spirits over time is that what is what in a way what is silicon valley entrepreneurship is saying we'll ding the universe and by the way get rich in the bargain yeah. right so paul graham says it very beautifully that you're missionary entrepreneurs and mercenary entrepreneurs yeah. and he explains in his essay why missionary entrepreneurs are likely to be more successful yeah. than mercenary entrepreneurs and that makes complete sense so these missionary entrepreneurs are on a mission elon musk is on a mission by product of that is that he is perhaps one of the richest yeah. people in the world that that's not his mission his mission is the real mission right and 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 that was the case with intel that's been the case with even the google founders many of the people they define their entrepreneurship as a mission of changing the world dinging the world you know steve jobs said yeah. this beautifully in his speech right so you want to dent the universe i think what what the indian innovation to this is that in a 2 by 2 if you say that yeah. you can you either will set up a business let's say a korean restaurant which is not there in in koramangla that's not dinging the universe that's filling a gap in the market the dinging the universe is that i will change how restaurants yeah. happen in the country right so you could do both silicon valley celebrates the latter right now you could also have a situation where you could say that about this about ice spirit ice spirit's culture is about dinging the universe but by saying i don't need to become rich i'll yeah. do it as a no greed no glory yeah. volunteer right so this quadrant of dinging the universe and not desiring to make money is a unique quadrant that is not it is very difficult to explain this yeah. in the us if you go to the us because their way of thinking is 
if you don't have skin in the game you don't have money as yeah. skin in the game why could you be serious about yeah. this right uh, and so therefore they don't think you're serious about it in india you get actually the ability to influence because you have taken this approach of being no greed no glory yeah. so you can now say i'm genuinely doing it for this cause there is no hidden agenda yeah. that i have which is either to get glory or to make money and so you are able to co-opt others in the process so you are able to give the glory to the to the policy makers because in, in india for a policy maker you have to understand this it is very difficult to do something out of the norm you know so anything that ha- that has at least in india stack that has happened including i would say upi you remember when upi was launched sbi and hdfc did not launch upi yeah. in august 2016 a normal rbi would have succumbed to their biggest banks request to kill upi so you needed an rbi governor who was willing to stick his neck out yeah. for something that was not proven at all right so our view is that change in india happens when you stumble into policy makers like this and they deserve the glory and also change happens because our startups decide to embrace something that is not yet proven and pour their energy to kind of build on top of it and solve a problem that is important to solve let's say like phone pay yeah. uh, solved uh, paytm has solved uh, you know just pay and many others bharat pay these people were doing it at a time with upi when it was not fashionable to do it with upi so they deserve the money that they make out of it is it not so if you then approach this and say if this is the ecosystem that you want to build then the best way to co-opt the policy maker and the entrepreneur is to be yourself yeah. no greed no glory right now how many people want to be no greed yeah. no glory very very few yeah. but our thing is that look we need only 150 volunteers within i spirit and which means we need only one person for every crore indian wo yeah. to mil jayega so that is the thought process that is there i want to take a step back right hmm. from your observations you have worked in in us a lot and you are far uh, aware well aware of what's happening globally right that's that's how your your thought process hmm. has shaped up hmm. so according to you how has india grown as a country in the last 30 40 years and how are we keeping up with the world's advancements yeah no i i i would say that that first of all i think the 92 uh, economic revolution set in stage for us to be able to build world class companies at scale right so our it services companies are as big as anybody else right uh, i have a feeling that with these two five uh, 250 billion uh, two 500 billion dollar orders placed by air india and indigo our airlines will be the largest in the world would we be surprised by that no why because today airtel and jio are amongst the largest operators in the world you know to have our hospitals be amongst the largest in the world wouldn't surprise anybody at all so i think one big change that has taken place is that we have the national confidence you know to be able to build large services companies that are well run and so on and so forth right and i think that is extraordinarily helpful uh now 
we have to build the other part of this right which i think is going to require some unlearning and relearning obviously for that to happen and i think we are on a path to do that um so i i feel that uh, uh if you invite me back uh, you know i'll i'll we'll leave this for the audience so remember i mentioned to you hence hence is huawei ericsson nokia and samsung these four people essentially supply mobile equipment to the rest of the world of which much of that world more than 50% of that world does not want to buy from huawei for geopolitical reasons so the question is who will replace it right so if you go and ask in the us they'll say maybe cisco will be that or maveneer is another company that is doing well if you go to europe they'll say maybe alcatel will do it right if i ask you here in india you won't have an answer yeah nobody has <laughs> nobody has an answer but what if i tell you tejas <laughs> it if what if i tell you that a year from now yeah it will be tejas okay right and if it is tejas yeah. then you have to take me out for lunch sure and if it is not tejas i'll take all of you out for sure. lunch right <laughs> as yeah. having lost the yeah. bet and i think this this understanding of what it takes to be able to do that is still poor and 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 you know we need to to explain this to our young entrepreneurs because our young entrepreneurs don't need to make the same mistakes that let's say india stack made or tejas has made or bharat biotech because they made a covid vaccine they have made or idea forge because of what they're doing in defense drones uh, that they have made or what we'll do in electronics so because there all the things are bubbling up now you know tejas itself is a 23 year old company right there has been 20 years of work that has happened behind the scenes and the learnings from all of this should be actually available to everybody else because then they will make a new set of mistakes uh, right and not repeat the old ones so we have to over the next few years demystify this process of what does it mean uh, i think you had for example tarun from ather here right and so so if i take that as an example right uh, ather itself their sense is that i got to build a good product little or no doubt but if you look at what swapnil is trying to do the other co-founder and cto his thing is that i have also got to build a great organization a great factory that produces the product this is what tesla is doing right tesla car has to be special but that's not good enough that's not enough you also must have a outstanding factory you know you which you have built from ground up you put in the same energy perhaps even more energy in rethinking the factory so that you can rethink the product you are now operating at two levels now this thinking is very very important so i would say ather exhibits this you know there's another bangalore company we don't talk much about it's called c6 uh you know they do a lot of work in seaweeds and stuff like that you know they are, they are operating like this right so i and that's why you need a philosopher ceo remember we talked about it in the beginning because what is philosophy philosophy is to understand the humdrum of life but also understand the deeper stuff that is happening so if you want to build a successful product company you actually need to be a great architect of a product you have to be a great product architect 
you have to be a great factory architect and for that to happen you need some people who will be good ecosystem architects because all the three layers need to come together and and i think that is beginning to happen here in india so if there are people who are in their early 20s i would encourage them that this is the revolution your question was you know how far have we come and where are we going and i think where we are going is into this new era where the kind of companies that you want to build are these companies where you will be building a tremendous product but also the engine that builds that product and they would you would do it in an environment where there are other people who are helping think through what the ecosystem architecture will be so that everything can come together as we go forward so that's really the shift that i think is taking place uh, and i think it will pick up momentum and uh, and you know maybe 15 years from now we will truly be a product nation hmm. so, so i can tell you about how we as neon show Hmm. uh operate the purpose behind uh-huh. it and neon fund operates sure. as a purpose uh-huh. behind it so neon show is dedicated to bring out stories like this that can give more confidence to indian entrepreneurs hmm. that you can create it right right and what they hear the unsung yeah. heroes are yeah. and i think india has done a very poor job in marketing itself right so i'll tell you this upi story upi was coming out in upi was announced by the then governor in february of 2015 and in on 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 february 11th or february 13th i forget the date uh, of 2016 was in in taj vivanta uh, the sandbox that was launched and 321 people came for that i remember that because you know everybody had to register there was only one vc amongst them his name is alok goel he had joined safe right uh, so he had come from redbus ceo google redbus and and we started teasing him at the end and said alok where are your colleagues why how come nobody else came and he also sheepishly looked at this and said yaar main bhi isliye aaya because i'm a googler that's why i came right so we really started asking people you know why are they not there and the general consensus was that this looks nothing like a chinese payment system or an american payment system how can it succeed right so so i tell this story that we went we had to convince companies we went to five companies in koramangala i'm not even going beyond that chiller who had moved from kerala to koramangala we said this is great for you they used to have an app so if you are an hdfc customer and i was an hdfc customer we could send money to each other using the chiller app we said this is god sent for you they said maybe we'll check with hdfc hdfc said no no because they were not keen on upi so they didn't do it we went to insta mojo which used to actually offer a link right against which you could pay we said this is going to be god sent for you they didn't embrace this right uh, they're a bloom portfolio company we in fact uh, did two big meetings of ice spirit there because you remember ice spirit has no office so when you have to do a meeting we have to ask people and say bhai and we are very grateful that people go out of their way to offer space so in this case we actually picked insta mojo hoping that that discussion will you know galvanize it did not right razor pay another kora mangla company embraced it with both hands in fact i would say in august if you went and typed upi on organic search it was razor pay's 
webinars that would come up on organic search. But they had taken money from MasterCard. MasterCard said, Yap kyun kar? And they lost a year because, you know, the board, which was composed mostly of VCs, did not understand that what's good for Razorpay is not synonymous with what is good for MasterCard, right? Um, otherwise, they would have been the most successful payment company. Then there was PhonePay. And uh, PhonePay had a term sheet which went away and, you know, all that drama happened. So they had to go back to their old employers to get money. And Sachin and Bini were super smart in giving them a lot of money, which, of course, has been a benefit to Walmart, you know, at this point in time. Uh, but they took it up. But they were a young startup. They just started off. And JustPay took it up because they were a young startup. So the two companies that have done very well were the ones who had no legacy. See, our problem is that we are an old culture. And the reason we have survived as an old culture is because we have tremendous respect for legacy. We, we keep going back to the old way, the old stories. The old way, the old stories. Unfortunately, that is now preventing us from this short legacy of 20 years or 30 years of entrepreneurship, which was only a starter legacy. And the sad part it's is, not even a terrific legacy. Yeah. It's not as if, yeah. you know, it's a phenomenal legacy. It's a good legacy. Don't misunderstand me. But it's an incomplete legacy. And but that is beginning to hold us back. So coming back to your question. Why is it startups are so successful in China? And not so successful in Taiwan. They took up the nationalist thing that we want to build it ourselves. No. What happened is that China, like India, had a very strong sense of how to build a business. Yeah. Right? Because India, ke, in many people, it's in their family yeah. for God knows, thousand years. Right? Yeah. Not surprising at all. So, there is a tacit knowledge about how to build a business. That tacit knowledge that was there all ran away. Because those businessmen ran away to where? To Taiwan. Yeah. Usko Mao Cultural Revolution wiped it out. So they had a clean slate to start with. And in that clean slate, they adopted whatever it took to build the kind of businesses that yeah. they want to do. Which in Taiwan, you are not able to do. Is it not? So let's examine. What is it that we must unlearn? We talked about what we must learn. Let's examine what must we unlearn from traditional businesses which prevents us to be successful in the new world. Is that a fair, fair thing yeah. to talk about? So first and foremost is a traditional businessman in India, right? Would say that yeah, emotion apni hai, business dhanda apni hai. I will build my conviction in this when the numbers start looking yeah. good, right? The numbers for UPI started ticking up slowly. Only in September of 2017. And whoever entered the UPI market after September 2017 does not effectively exist. Because the S-curve, when the first inflection happens, because yeah. these are all S-curve inflections, right? Today, tech is all about S-curve inflection. After the first S-curve inflection happens, it's already too late to enter the market. Yeah. Not only for the entrepreneur, but even for the early stage yeah. investor. 
I say to an early stage investors that it's already come in times of India. It's already too late for yeah. you, right? So because that S curve inflection is very important. So how do you then build conviction if that market data is not the source of conviction? So I tell this story that in December of 2016, UPI, even the B map has not been launched. That was yeah. launched on December 30th, 2016. UPI is just you know, limping along at yeah. that time. We get a message from Sequoia saying, John is coming to meet you on Thursday and Friday. Yeah. And uh, please don't say hello. John Collison of Stripe. Yeah. That time the company was valued only at 18 billion. Okay. I don't know what it is today. 100. It's plus 100 plus yeah. billion. But even then, he held the title for being the youngest person to turn a billionaire, which he, he holds today yeah. too. So he turned a billionaire at an age younger than Mark Zuckerberg yeah. <laughs> became a billionaire, right? Yeah. Now, what should that do? It should give you a sense that, you know, I've arrived. But instead, he happens to reach Vivek Vadwa's column in Washington Post in the middle of 2016, saying, Silicon Valley, watch out. This India stack is coming. He digs further. He finds stuff on UPI. And he's now on Thursday morning on Royal Orchid Hotel sitting in front of us. And very nice. He said, I'm very grateful because I had made a resolution that I have to meet the people who wrote the UPI yeah. architecture, 67-page architecture. It was 67-page. Yeah. So he said, I, I've read everything about UPI. Yeah. I'm very impressed and I wanted to meet all of you. That So I took the visa and 15 yeah. days before the year is over, here I am, right? And the snarky guy that I am, I said, but our, he said, I've read all 251 pages of this. And I said, but our architecture document is only 67 pages. Right? <laughs> I thought I got him. Yeah. Right? So, so he then said, no, no, but I read these other three documents also. Now, I'm not joking. Yeah. While he's doing the talking, I open my laptop, I pull up those documents, I see the page numbers and I total yeah. them up and they're 251. And then you can see I'm now looking at him with a fresh pair of eyes, yeah. with respect. And, you know, on Friday evening, he had extra time because he was going to be, the yeah. flights go very late. So, Shekhar Kirani, who's yeah. been a very critical part of iSpirit and helped co-found iSpirit, also in Koramangla. So, I asked Shekhar, you know, would you like to meet? Of course, he said yes. And then after, at the end of it, he says, man, we are screwed. Because our assessment was that none of our entrepreneurs had bothered to read the 67-page document. And somebody had read 251 pages. <laughs> and somebody and in a market that he didn't want to yeah. serve. See, I tell this story again. If you go back to Satya's book, yeah. there is a section on India Stack well before India Stack became famous. So he was coming, he set up time for a one and a half hour meeting. We thought, we whiteboard go to the whiteboard. For most of the time, he was on the whiteboard. He said, no, I did six preparatory calls before I came here. He said, why? He said, no, no, because my job is because I operate as a platform business. I find this very fascinating. We can learn a lot from yes. this. Right? So the point is that this learning mindset, see, our education system also creates a cheat sheet culture. Yeah. So how do you build conviction? You build conviction by actually reading everything there is on it and, and, and then actually saying this makes sense to me. I can 
I can bet on this. Now that bet works in a S-curve model. The the dhanda bhargya wala bet does not work in this model. Mm-hmm. So this is number one. Number two is that when you do this, you have to be able to understand that inside this is something that you can leverage. I would even use the word exploit. Right? And then you have to make a determination how to do it. Right? So for just pay, for phone pay, UPR was not proven, but they had said we will leverage it. Right? Uh, we will exploit it as we go forward. Right? As a UPI yeah. protocol and all the system. How to do that is often not clear when something is very, very new. So supposing I tell you there is a new way of of collaborating between modelers and data providers, and that's called DEPA, and I explain DEPA to you, and you've never seen anything yeah. like this, and you study it, and you say, look, I like it. I am going to make a bet on this. But if you go and ask people and say, okay, how should I do it? Yeah. There's nobody to tell you. Right? right? So therefore, you have to have the ability to figure that out. You, there are no pre-built bhajans at that time. So if today you go, what is iSpirit famous for in SaaS is the playbook roundtable on desk marketing and selling that yeah. we did with, you know, people like Sridhar Membu, Girish, Pallav Nathani, all yeah. the people that you're talking about sharing their playbook with everybody else. So there was a bhajan to go around and that bhajan was created by bringing all the bhajan singers yeah. together, right? That was... And, and the credit goes to all of them that they were willing to yeah. share their company bhajan with everybody else. And and this is what I think Avinash's genius is because he's able to enroll people in ways that I don't think anybody yes. else can. So 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 I think that bhajan was at least there because desk marketing and selling had been done by others. But what was the bhajan available to Zoho? Which is the, that is the bhajan that Girish got, no? Girish got it very early. He was the first person to get the bhajan of Zoho. Isn't it? Yeah. But so the point is Zoho became Zoho because it created its yeah. damn bhajan. It yeah. didn't have the luxury to get it from anybody yeah. else. Sridhar and his team had to create the bhajan. Yeah. Second is you cannot be successful if you are implementer of a bhajan. Yeah. You have to be a creator of a bhajan, which means you have to go deeper. Are, yeah. are you with me? Yeah. Right. The third thing that that is also very important is that now that you've done that, you got a product in the market. Now, usually when you get it in the market, you are serving an underserved market, which people had not cracked open. So, for example, if you now are doing open, open credit enablement network, you are going and serving those MSMEs who can't get a one-year working capital limit from the bank. They are very happy you are doing it for them. For them, they will take this with yeah. both hands. Right. So in the beginning, when you serve a white space, you are in a seller's market. But that seller's market changes to a buyer's market very quickly. And when it changes to a buyer's market very quickly, you have to up your game. Your product has to be better. Your what if you if the, and the way you deliver that product, that experience, your NPS has to be yeah. high. Right. So I tell this story. You know, I live very close to Forum Mall. In the early days of Flipkart, you know, you had to buy an extra battery because they were replaceable batteries. We started buying them on Flipkart. 
and then i remember people would make fun of us and say you could have walked 200 yards and you would have got it from yeah. the sangeeta store you are why are you so lazy because the experience of flipkart and that is how flipkart succeeded the nps of flipkart was flipkart was very very high yeah. right by the time amazon came jungli came yeah. they didn't kill flipkart flipkart had destroyed its nps on its own by then and now therefore they were able to take the high ground yeah. this you know we used to buy fresh menu food when fresh menu came it was very popular yeah. then when the bowl company came they offered a better did anybody had loyalty everybody switched now even fresh menu despite being a startup for them to adjust and change the product and experience sufficiently and quickly is very very yeah. hard so the third learning is aim for high nps even though the market does not need it now the problem in the indian traditional business thinking is that are you are leaving money on the table hmm. why are you leaving money on the table so the traditional business ethics say don't leave a money on the table so therefore what happens is we we actually aim for what kunal shah says for a lower score and when the market reorganizes itself at a higher level you are not in a position to actually use you lose your first mover advantage now think of this this is not a new idea yeah this is an idea that amazon brought to us because the only company google is not the first mover in 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 search, in search you know nor in in browser you know almost in nothing nor in nor, android nor right in, nor in email nor in email right yeah so look so learning from that what jeff bezos said was that if i have to be a first mover and stay a first mover and not be a victim to somebody else yeah. my nps has to be high right yeah. from the beginning and he managed to convince public shareholders in the us yeah. that this is the right thing to do and they stuck by him yeah. for years and you know after warren buffett letters it's the amazon yeah. jeff bezos letters that are yeah. popular find me a letter which does not have improved nps score on the first page right uh, there is not a single letter because you will find revenue growth in the second or third page yeah. but nps growth is on the first page so this is contrary to our traditional business so this is the unlearning that we must have so we need a conversation in india about athletic gavaskars our choke point is no longer whether the ecosystem is ready whether the market yeah. is ready whether the investors are ready are frankly our entrepreneurs are not ready and we have to therefore help them be ready and that means they must have a mindset of what does it mean to be a good cricketer what does it mean to be a good entrepreneur and that definition has to be a different definition than the one that we have today i was telling you and you know uh, the one reason why our fund exists so we say for every saas company that we invest in we try to make sure that the company can hit 10 mil arr huh. in 3 years of our investment sure. at pre seed seed sure. stage sure what does it ensure that you know wherever the valuation game will continue whatever right. happen that a company has a shot at a 100 mil arr journey right, right. after th- right 3 years Absolutely. an entrepreneur hmm. has tasted a right. large success right 10 mil arr is a decent success right. and on once entrepreneur takes success then he can confidently say 
I don't want to sell my computer. Sure. I can play a long innings. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so I think. So I think. Look, this is possible. It's happening in yeah. our ecosystem. We just need to have this become the mainstream Main way norm. of doing. Yeah. See, the question, of course, is. Uh, so one of the things that we have to acknowledge is that uh, that all the people who become a product nation. So an example being. Korea. Yeah. They needed seeding of the technology. In the case of Korea, a lot of the tech transfer took place by the U.S. as explicit policy, right? Uh, in China, you know, our Chinese friends will hate this statement, but they stole a lot of that technology. Yeah. There's little doubt about that. India also needs a tech transfer to seed this revolution. India has a very unique way of doing this, actually. That unique way is that that tech transfer is taking place with people returning back. Yeah. So if you look at India Stack, India Stack is you know people like Sanjay Jain, Pramod Varma, Vivek Raghavan, you know, and many more yeah. people, uh, Bala Parthasarthi, uh, 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 and more. Uh, they all people are people who came back from the U.S. You know, they're all people like. Who, you know, we were all working in the R&D part in the U.S. and we chose to come back. So although we didn't steal anything, but in a very kosher way, we brought technology back. Yeah. And that's been very helpful. And that will continue because if we have to become an AI nation, we will need to get a new set of people. And so if you can create the right ecosystem, people are willing to come back. Right. Yeah. Because there is now a new belief in India. There is a sense of. India's future yeah. will be great. So especially the people who are now, you know, under 40, even in the US, they are happy to explore this. And frankly, you know, a lot of MNC R&D players brought the R&D people back who yeah. then, you know, even Sachin and, <laughs> yeah. and Bini were part of Amazon R&D and that helped them go forward. So, so that brain drain that happened is actually going to pay off. Now, this is not the only place where it has happened. Israel also saw the same thing. Yeah. Israel started this whole process of revolution by by having a red carpet for Russian emigrees. And that in 2008 became uh, an important part. So, so a lot of this reverse brain drain that happened, which is people from Russian, uh, Russia came into Israel or like Indians are coming back to India, is turned out to be important. So my feeling is, Look, there's an open world. Let the people go wherever they want to. Uh, but as long as we can pull them back. And I think we can because India is such a powerful idea that it never goes away from people. right? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. our family systems are so strong that that's another reason. So if India can build a good ecosystem, the ecosystem architects can do a good job, then we'll always have the benefit of being able to seed that with the right technology by having the right technologists coming back and doing that. So, for example, in quantum computing, this is exactly what is happening. Uh, you know, Axiquent, one of the companies that is there, is a person who's come back from the U.S. and set this up uh, here in, in Hyderabad and driving it. So I think in many of the new areas, you will see this happen as we go forward. So I don't think we should worry too much about brain drain because if things go right for India, that will become uh, an asset for us to lean on uh, as we go forward.
but it, do you think it's happening in masses because every year the number of people who are giving indian citizenship is going higher but it's not going higher in the tech sector yeah. right so if you go back 10 years yeah. and you saw from a let's say iit Bo- uh, bombay because yeah. that used to send lots of people i don't know the exact numbers but they are out in the open there would be there would be roughly 80% of the people would go abroad yeah now 80% of people choose to stay here yeah. so i think it is not happening in this mix it is happening for other job categories where people feel they don't have a they don't have enough opportunities here in india and and some of those are like in canada some of those are trucking jobs yeah. teaching jobs nursing jobs it is happening in those areas i don't think this is a very big problem today in the tech sector See, and and therefore we should be fine as in a research it's also uh, pointing out that the number of indian millionaires or indian crorepatis who are giving up citizenship is also at the highest right and it's not just us it's right. dubai right places which are giving right. them like zero tax right. Uh, right. haven right you know and and this is a topic for another time is that i think the way to tackle all this is to fix the system in india so for example many of our saas companies are not domiciled yeah. in india the way to solve this is not to put more restrictions yeah. on that but is to solve the irritations that force them yeah. to go to some other place and so therefore for many years you know we we as with others run a program called stay in india checklist uh, you know which is there on a blog if you see that uh, you'll see what all has happened and there's been some progress but this is one of those cases which is like cooking even if in cooking you had the right ingredients you kept it yeah in the on the gas for the right amount of time but you put too much salt in it you made one mistake <laughs> in the dish is spoiled yeah. so i think we need the government to understand that you know saying we have resolved 17 of the 25 issues is no good yeah. because you know you have to get completeness here and uh, then only the system changes and the good news is that i think we have policy makers there who are willing to understand this but we have still the hard work to do to actually turn good intentions into reality mm. so hopefully that will happen as we go forward yeah mm. so, so I, i wish grish if that had happened earlier grish would have ipo freshworks in india exactly flipkart would have stayed an indian yeah. company inmobi would have been an indian company right so by virtue of not having them as indian companies uh and, you know the biggest beneficiaries are are the singaporeans right yeah. i mean there are 800 high quality companies that are domiciled in singapore this is a gift that we have given yeah. to them right you know 40% of our unicorns are technically yeah. not indian at all yeah. right they are singaporean <laughs> or american so we count them in our list but yeah. that's really not the case yeah. the back end is here yeah. but the tomorrow when they make money then money will benefit yeah. singaporean society the us society uh, so we have that challenge which we have to resolve uh, as we go forward yeah. but thank you so thank much thank you sir. so much thank you it's so much it's been such a pleasure thank I, you no it's I been an honor for every me every second of conversation no, no, it's been an honor for me thank you for inviting me and uh, wish it, you all the best it's been a very different yeah. conversation yeah thank you so much yeah.